Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. All right, guys. Welcome to the Pump Fake. Jared Bailey here with you as always. Thank you guys for tuning in, however you're tuning in, whenever you're tuning in, whether it's on YouTube, Twitter, Believe Podcast Network, wherever you get your podcasts. Appreciate you being here. So, I was going to hold off on doing these. Um, usually I do two um, game by game predictions. I'll do one like after the free agency period's over, just as rosters stand at that time. And then I'll do one like the week of the season starting. So, you know, the season kicks off on a Thursday. I'd probably release them on like a Tuesday, you know, the Tuesday before. I did an extra one this year just because, you know, I think that a a few changes to some teams have been made enough where, you know, I could go in and be like, all right, you know, I think my opinion on a few teams have either gotten a little bit better. Maybe I've soured a little bit. Maybe I've taken a step back. And I did, you know, do that for a couple teams. So we'll dive into it. Pull this up here. Add this in in case you didn't see it. All right. So this is the 2.0 version of my game by game predictions. And so we can start start in the top left in the AFC East and work our way down, I guess. So in the AFC East, it is the Buffalo Bills. I think I had them going 13 and four in the first round of these two. Not much is changing. Um, you know, to me, they're the best team in football as of right now. So it was just pure roster construction, the lack of holes that they have on their team. I really like Buffalo a lot. I've talked about Buffalo a lot throughout the offseason. Everybody knows how I feel about the Bills. Now that Josh Allen is the second best quarterback in the game right now. Stephon Diggs is fantastic. Gabe Davis, you know, took a very had a star-making performance in the playoffs against Kansas City. I think he's ready to take that step forward to be their number two. They bring in Jamison Crowder to be their slot guy to replace Cole Beasley. And defensively, Trey White. They draft Kyrie Elam, best safety duo in the league, Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer. Really good front seven. Guys like Ed Oliver, Tremaine Edmonds. Really the only hole, if you want to call it a hole on the Bills, is like a lack of a star running back. But, you know, even then, I mean, they've had guys. Devin Singletary uh, had a really strong second half of the year last year in terms of, you know, being a contributor in the receiving game. This is an offense that doesn't necessarily need a guy like that out of the backfield. They're more of a, a strong running back by committee team. And it works for them. Uh, I do have the New York Jets n- number two, though, and that surprised a lot of people. I like what the Jets have done this offseason. Um, I think um, Robert Sala seems to be the right hire, which is something that we haven't been able to say about the Jets in a long time, maybe since Todd Bowles when he was there and they had that 10-6 and six year. Ryan Fitzpatrick had the best year of his life. Um, so that was brief success. And then before that, it was, uh, you know, the uh, you know, Rex Ryan years where they went to consecutive AFC championship games. But you look what they've done. I mean, Elijah Moore had a very strong second half of the year last year. They draft Garrett Wilson. They bring in Brees Hall to go along with Michael Carter, CJ Uzama, the tight end. They bring over from Cincinnati. And you look, hey, Makai Becton, you know, hopefully he can stay healthy. They have Elijah Vera Tucker. Like in Tomlinson, they, bl- they bring in. I mean, their offensive line got better. Defensively, you know, I'm hoping that C.J. Mosley can stay healthy and be, you know, what they need him to be, what they expected him to be when they brought him over from Baltimore. And they draft Sauce Gardner, number four overall. That guy's like LaMarcus Joyner. Jordan Whitehead at safety. Like, this is a team that's gotten so much better over the course of an offseason. 
So I'm liking what I see from the Jets. I still think they're, they're probably going to be a year away from any substantial success in terms of being in, a, in the playoff hunt. But Zach Wilson had a solid last month of 2021. I do think that you know, this is going to be a, a big year for, for him in terms of, you know, a lot of people. Oh, look, beginning of last year wasn't good for him. He had that abysmal game against the Patriots. He turned the ball over a lot, got injured. But when he came back, he played well. You know, now year two, you know, a full year to just kind of be like, all right, you know, let me try to gain myself here. I think year two will be good for Zach Wilson. And I think that he'll, uh, you know, prove the Jets right to a degree. And then New England and Miami both going six and 11. Look, I've preached to the choir about this all offseason. I don't believe in either of these teams. And we can start with New England. Look at who New England beat last year under the circumstances that they beat them. I'll pull up their schedule from last year and the results that occurred because of it. So the Patriots in 2021... They lose week one to the Dolphins. They beat the Jets week two. Lose to the Saints week to week three. Lose to Tampa Bay. Takes all they can muster to beat the Texans. They lose to Dallas. They thwart the Jets. Who at that time, I believe, I believe Flacco was in. Flacco or Mike White. Was Zach Wilson hurt at that time? It was Mike White. That was the game that Zach Wilson got hurt. So it was Mike White that game. They squeak by the Chargers. They beat the Sam Darnold-led Panthers, the abysmal Browns, the abysmal Falcons, the Titans without any of their receivers or Derrick Henry, the Bills in a game that was played in in 40-mile-an-hour wins where Mac Jones threw the ball three times. And then they lose to the Colts. They lose to the Bills in a game that doesn't feature 40-mile-an-hour wins. They beat a bad Jaguars team who've gone through hell last year. They lose to the Dolphins, and then they get manhandled by Buffalo in the playoffs. I don't see the Patriots having this insane 2022. You look at the Patriots' schedule this year, start off against Miami again. I think they'll split with the Dolphins this year. They go to Pittsburgh. I don't think they're winning that game. Baltimore, don't think they're winning that. They're not beating Green Bay right there. That's one and three. It should beat Detroit, two and three. Depending on the Watson situation, they could beat Cleveland. They could lose to Cleveland. The Bears. So, I mean, after seven weeks, they could be sitting three and four, four and three. I think they split with the Jets. I think they lose to Indianapolis again. I think they lose to Minnesota, lose to Buffalo, lose to Arizona. That's a brutal stretch that they have from weeks 12 to 18. At Minnesota, home for Buffalo, at Arizona, at Las Vegas, home for Cincinnati, home for Miami, at Buffalo. That is a brutal way to end the season. I don't think that the Patriots are going to... Mac Jones, like, I think that we've seen close to the best of Mac Jones. Like, what is he going, like, how much better is he going to get? Doesn't have a big arm. He's not overly athletic. Like, what we saw last year is probably close to the peak for Mac Jones. He's not going to magically develop the ability to throw 80 yards and have a giant cannon arm like guys like Herbert or Mahomes or Allen. He's not going to become, you know, 4-3 speed like guys like Jalen Hurts or Lamar Jackson. He is a starting quarterback. I think his peak is like the 17th best quarterback in the league. And right now, I mean, he's he's close to that. I don't see it with Mac Jones. And I also don't see it with Tua Tungabailoa. It's great that you bring in Tyreek Hill. However, 
How many times have we seen a great receiver on bad teams? Julio Jones and Larry Fitzgerald are perfect examples of that. You could be a great receiver. You could be a very talented receiver. If the team around you isn't great, like a wide receiver isn't single-handedly carrying a team to 10 wins. And Tyreek Hill's fast, yes. But in a lot of ways, you know, receivers can only do so much. The quarterback has to help them out. Tua Tungvaluwa isn't an elite quarterback. I don't think he's as good as Mac Jones is right now. And I'm not high on Mac Jones. We know that Tua isn't going to air the ball out. His numbers last year proved that. And they might find success early on in terms of their passing game where it's just, you know, Tua throwing it six yards downfield and Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle run 60. But eventually teams are going to sit on that. And they're going to say, damn it, you are not throwing it short. Beat us over the top. And I don't think that they're going to be able to do that consistently. Not to mention the fact outside of their secondary, their defense is suspect. There's like, what is their front seven right now? Plus a suspect offensive line. I don't see it with the Miami Dolphins. I really don't. And that's where it stays with me. And look, this is a team that finally had back-to-back winning seasons for the first time since 2002. First time in two decades that they did it. But they started off one and seven. And look how they got to where they were. They beat the likes of Joe Flacco, Mike Glennon, Ian Book, Tyrod Taylor. Like they aren't beating elite teams along the way. And they lost to Urban Meyer. And also the Falcons. This is a team that got hot because they were playing the JV versions of a lot of teams. Even like they beat Baltimore, but Baltimore was decimated last year. And they put together a good defensive strategy to beat Baltimore because offensively they didn't adjust whatsoever to the fact that the Dolphins just kept sending eight guys at Lamar. And they just kept letting them do it. They kept trying like the short screen stuff and the Dolphins didn't let that happen. But even then, the Ravens were a decimated team last year. So that's how I see the AFC East going down. The AFC North. Cincinnati does have a tough schedule. However, they were a 10-win team last year with Joe Burrow having no offensive line in front of them, and then they just bought a brick wall and stuck it in front of them. I think that there is a very good chance that Joe Burrow finds himself in the MVP conversation this year now that he's going to have time to throw the ball and spread it out to Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, Joe Mixon's going to have a lot of holes to run through. Like, this could very well be the best offense in the NFL this year. And defensively, they still have just about everybody that was there last year. Jesse Bates, Von Bell, very good safety duo. Logan Wilson had a, a really good year last year. Trey Hendrickson turned out to be a very good free agent signing for the Bengals. So, I do think that the Bengals repeat as... AFC North Division champions. They are my three seed in the AFC. The Baltimore Ravens are my seven seed. Now, this is a t- I'm, I think I've come around a little bit more on Baltimore, specifically for their defense. I mean, they did they built a great defense. I do think, however, not having Wink Martindale there will be. I'll, I'll pay attention to that. That's something that you know he's now in New York, one of the more renowned defensive coordinators in the game. So not having him there, I mean, that's not that's not small. And who's Lamar Jackson throwing to? That is a big thing. Yes, Mark Andrews is fantastic. They'll have their running backs and whatnot, and it'll run through the tight ends in the run game like it usually does, but you need a receiver. And they haven't had that really since Lamar's been there. Now, even less so with Rashad Bateman being the number one. No disrespect to Rashad Bateman, but he hasn't exactly proven himself. So that's the biggest question mark for, for Baltimore. But I do love what they've done with their defense. They'll get Lattimore back. They'll get Humphrey back. They bring in Marcus Williams. They draft Kyle Hamilton. 
drafts have a Wonderbomb to put on the offensive line. So I do think that they sneak into the playoffs. I do think Pittsburgh is still going to be in the mix of things. I think they also finished nine and eight. Everybody's talking about they got worse this year. How the hell did Pittsburgh get worse? They add Miles Jack defensively. They bring back Akella Weatherspoon. They bring over Levi Wallace, cornerback from Buffalo, which gives them the ability to move Cam Sutton back into the slot. Tyson Alualu coming back. Resign Minka Fitzpatrick, TJ Watt, Cam Hayward's still there. Like their defense is much better than what it was coming into the season last year. There's a lot of questions on their in their secondary going into 2021. There's not very many questions that need answered on the defensive side of the ball this year. Their biggest questions probably at linebacker. Even that Devin Bush and Miles Jack, I mean, they're, they're capable in the middle. Hopefully, you know, Devin Bush in year two out of a knee injury. I mean, there's a lot of excitement around him internally. Bringing Miles Jack as well. So, not a lot of holes defensively for Pittsburgh. And then, look, I love Ben Roethlisberger, but we were watching the mummification of Ben Roethlisberger the last two years. Mitch Trubisky, I mean, at least he can move. That opens up Matt Canada's offense. They draft George Pickens. They draft Calvin Austin to put alongside Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool. Najee Harris and Pat Fryermuth are still there. Their, their offensive line got a couple upgrades of James Daniels and Mason Cole. Steelers, to me, on paper, they're at a much better spot at this point than what they were last year. Now, look, if it's Trubisky, that's fine. You sign him for a reason. You redshirt pick it. He starts 2023. If at some point, you know, the team starts to struggle and you give Mitch Trubisky a short leash, assuming he wins the starting job, and you want to go to Kenny Pickett, then you go to Kenny Pickett. I do think that Trubisky holds on to the job throughout the season. We might see Pickett, you know, later on in the year, like week 17, 18, depending. Just to see what they have. I mean, they took him in the first round for a reason. He is an older rookie. So it's okay to see what you have. But I do think that Pittsburgh will still be in the wild card hunt. I don't think they'll be a playoff team. I think the AFC is just too deep in terms of quarterback talent where the the elite names will rise above and get in. And then Cleveland, I'm, I'm assuming when I did these, I was operating under the assumption that it would be a six-game for, suspension for Deshaun Watson. I think that if I had to guess, that's what it's going to be. I don't think it'll be a full year. Now look, I mean, their schedule, you know, early on, you're going to be relying on Jacoby Brissett. No disrespect to Jacoby Brissett. He's a fine backup, but he is a backup. So with all that looming over them this year, like the second half, they can finish strong. But, you know, I think that 2022, they're just kind of punting on. And they're looking forward to 2023. AFC South, the Indianapolis Colts. You know, a team that was nine and eight last year probably should have been ten and seven. You know, they lose Week 18 to Jacksonville, and they decide that they don't want Carson Wentz anymore. So then they go get Matt Ryan. I do think that they're going to be largely similar to what they were last year. You know, a team that relies on Jonathan Taylor. Not a whole lot of help in the passing game. Matt Ryan will make some plays because he's Matt Ryan. He's a very good quarterback. His, I mean, he's getting up there in years, though. What is he now, 36, 37? So, you know, keep that in mind. But their offensive line is very good. You know, Quentin Nelson's a stud. Darius Leonard's very good. They bring over Stephon Gilmore, sign him from Carolina. So, overall, I think they're the best team in the AFC South. People make the argument for Tennessee. I don't see it with Ryan Tannehill. Plus, they don't have A.J. Brown anymore. I'm not going to sit here and believe that Traylon Burks is going to be an immediate replacement for A.J. Brown. I'm just not going to do it. How much longer can Derrick Henry carry? He got hurt last year. Like, How much longer can Derrick Henry be this team's heart and soul where they just ride him to 9-10 wins a year? I don't think that they can do that anymore. Ryan Tannehill sure as hell proved that he isn't going to be the guy. We saw what he did against Cincinnati. We saw what he did largely as a whole last year. Like without Derrick Henry, Ryan Tannehill was not good. What was by far his worst year in Tennessee last year? 
I understand that AJ Brown and Julio Jones also got hurt at different points last year, but you know, a lot of people were hyping up Ryan Tannehill and he showed us the real Ryan Tannehill showed up at multiple points last season. I don't believe in Tennessee. I think we see, I would love to see Malik Willis at some point this year. And if they go eight and nine, very real possibility. We see him last week of the year if they don't have anything to play for. But I do think that this is going to be Ryan Tannehill's final year in Tennessee. That, that'll be my bold prediction for the AC South. This will be Ryan Tannehill's final year in Tennessee. And he'll kind of be that kind of what Jimmy Garoppolo was this year, where we're just kind of waiting to see where Ryan Tannehill goes. I think that's what we'll see with Ryan Tannehill or where what we wanted, what we've seen with Jimmy Garoppolo. I think that's what we'll see with Ryan Tannehill next year is okay. Where's Tannehill going to go. He's going to be a bridge guy for a contender or a team with a really good roster. More than likely. I do think that that's, this will be the last that we see of Ryan Tannehill in Tennessee in 2022. And then he'll get moved. He'll get traded. Where that will be, I don't know. There's a lot of, a lot of factors that would have to go into that, but I do think that this is Ryan Tannehill's final year in Tennessee. Uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars, I'm excited to see the Jacksonville Jaguars play football. I think that they're not going to be in the playoff hunt, but they're going to be that team that is going to be a tough out every week. I love the hiring of Doug Peterson. Uh, they've given, even if they overpaid for it, they gave Trevor Lawrence more help coming in this year. I think Evan Ingram's going to be a solid addition at tight end. They bring in Christian Kirk. That's what they already had there. So uh, Travis Etienne also, I mean, he, he got hurt in the preseason last year. We didn't really get to see him. So the chemistry that him and Trevor Lawrence already have established from Clemson. I think that the Jaguars will surprise some people in terms of how many games they win. Seven and 10, I think is kind of their ceiling. But again, I love the Doug Peterson hire. Um, I believe in Trevor Lawrence. I think similar to Zach Willis, and we're going to see a big ascension in year two for Lawrence and the Jaguars. And look, you know, maybe in 2023, we can see them similar to the Jets, maybe being in a wild card hunt, which would be good. I mean, for both teams. Now, you drafted these guys for a reason because you wanted them to help resurrect your respective franchises. It would be nice to see each of them have nice 2022s and then hopefully parlay that into 2023. And keep that success going. And then the Houston Texans, like, look, they're a sitting duck franchise right now. Don't have a lot of talent. Davis Mills surprised some people. And good for him for, you know, being able to kind of go into this year as the as the starter. He, he earned that. Outside of that, man, though, like, yes, Brandon Cooks is good. I don't know if I can name you five more guys on their roster. Nico, Nico Collins is there. I know that much. I think I think Philip Lindsay's there. Outside of that, man, there's uh not a lot in Houston. So five and twelve. They probably try to get a quarterback. Davis Mills gets a year. Yeah, we'll see. And then the AFC West, the much daunted AFC West. Um uh, we drink the Chargers Kool-Aid every year, which I'm hesitant about doing. I am going to do it again, though. Like, if they don't do something this year, something's wrong. That roster, you can't make a play. You, if you can't make a playoff spot with that roster, something's wrong. Like, we know how fantastic Justin Herbert is. Austin Eckler's very good. They bring back Mike Williams. Not a lot of people thought that Mike Williams would be coming back to Los Angeles. Keenan Allen's still there. They got some depth at receiver. And then defensively, I mean, you signed J.C. Jackson for a cheaper deal than many thought he would sign for. Trade for Khalil Mack to put on the other side of Joey Bosa. Derwin James is still there. Asante Samuel Jr. Right, this is a team that got in their own way a lot last year. They cannot do that this year, especially when it seems like the Chiefs, like while the Chargers, the Broncos, the Raiders a little bit, they were all in an arms race to get better. The Chiefs just kind of stayed stagnant, got worse. So this is, if there is a year for them to do it, it is this year. They need to do it. The, the Denver Broncos, I mean, you bring in Russell Wilson. They've, if 
it's felt like they've been a quarterback away from being a playoff team for a while. Been a lot of Teddy Bridgewater's, Drew Locks, Case Keenum's, Joe Flacco's. But now you're bringing a future Hall of Fame Super Bowl champion to lead the charge with guys like KJ Hamler and Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton and Tim Patrick and a defense with Patrick Sertain and Justin Simmons and Bradley Chubb. I like what I see from Denver a lot. Really like what I see from Denver. I think they're going to be very fun to watch. I think they'll be a playoff team. I have them as my top wild card. So they're the five seed in this scenario. Which would be good. I still think the Chiefs are a playoff team. But, you know, having Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid, obviously that's going to help. I think it's going to be largely similar to what they were last year. I think they're going to start off slow. That defense got worse. I They just signed Carlos Dunlap. That's great. Secondary-wise, they don't have Tyron Matthew anymore, who was their best defender. Eric Reid's a good safety, but he's not Tyron Matthew. They lose Traverius Ward to the 49ers. Yeah, look, they, they had guys step up last year. Like Willie Gay played his butt off and was very instrumental in their success down the stretch. Nick Bolton did the same. But when you don't have Tyreek Hill anymore, you don't have Tyron Matthew, this is a very different Chiefs team. Relying on the likes of Juju Smith-Schuster, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, Sky Moore, Nicole Hardman. Like, it's a deep receiving room, but they don't really have an A guy. Travis Kelsey, yes, I understand he's still, but this is a different team. They're still a playoff team. Still a playoff team. They're my sixth seed. But I think that this is this is by far the worst team that they've had since Patrick Mahomes took over as a starter. And then the Raiders. Look, if the Raiders were in the NFC, they'd be a playoff team. They're bringing in Devontae Adams to go with Derek. I love Derek Carr. I don't think there's anybody who hates Derek Carr. He's easy to root for. And Renfro's fantastic. You bring in Chandler Jones, Max Crosby had a really good year. I get it. I just think that they're kind of the odd man out in this division. So if they were an NFC team, I would have them in, in the playoffs. But it just so happens that they play in maybe the greatest division of all time going into this year. And that's where you know they kind of get stuck. Kind of get stuck. Which is a shame. But that is what it is for the Raiders. And look, they proved me wrong last year. Maybe they do it again. I would love them too. But I don't think that they do. So eight and nine for the Raiders. So the AFC playoff picture. AFC playoff picture. Number one seed is the Buffalo Bills. Number two, the Los Angeles Chargers. Number three, the Cincinnati Bengals. Number four, the Indianapolis Colts. And then the wild cards are the Broncos, the Chiefs, and the Ravens. To make out my AFC playoff picture, let's go to the NFC. The NFC East. Now, a lot of people, I see the comments on this thing. Everybody's telling me I'm crazy having the Washington Commanders winning the division. So let me just make my case once again for the Washington Commanders. Last year, the Commanders went 7-10. and 10. We're in the wild card hunt up until around week 14, week 15. And they did that with a defense that played bad in the first half of the year. Chase Young got hurt and was gone for the year. And Taylor Heineke was the quarterback. And Taylor Heineke's proven himself as a solid, you know, bridge guy, a high-end backup. However, you know, you bring in Carson Wentz, that's a big upgrade at quarterback. Don't sit here and try to tell me that Carson Wentz is the 30th best quarterback in football. He's much closer to the 15th or 16th best quarterback in football. 27 touchdowns, seven interceptions last year at the Colts. You give, plus, this might be the best group of talent that he's had around him. It's certainly the best quarterback Terry McLaurin's ever have, ever had. So you got Terry McLaurin, Curtis Samuel, who they signed from Carolina last year, but he only played about in a game, game and a half because he got hurt for the year. So you got McLaurin, Samuel, they draft Jahan Dotson out of Penn State in the first round. Antonio Gibson, a very good, versatile back in the backfield. So it was... The Commanders had a lot of injuries last year. Now, remember, they signed Ryan Fitzpatrick last year, expecting him to be the starter, and it was Taylor Heineke. 
Offensively, they're much better. And defensively, still that very good defensive line with four for four former first-round picks, Deron Payne, Montez Sweat, Jonathan Allen, Chase Young, Fuller, and William Jackson at corner. Uh, and plus, an easy schedule. We can actually – I'll take you through the, uh, the commander's schedule. Because they do have a very easy schedule in 2022. So I can get it pulled up. We'll go game by game for Washington. All right. So week one at Jacksonville, I think that's a win. Week two at Detroit, I think that's a win. Week three versus Philadelphia, I think they'll split them with the Eagles. So if you want to give the Eagles that win, that's fine. So two and one at Dallas, I think they split with Dallas as well. I think they beat Tennessee. They beat Chicago. Lose to Green Bay. I think they beat Indianapolis. Lose to Minnesota. I think they'll beat Philadelphia the second time around. This stretch here, I think they beat Philadelphia, and then they go to Houston, and then against Atlanta at Giants. I think those are three straight wins. Wouldn't surprise me if they split with the Giants, because you see there, I mean, eight and nine, I think that the Giants do take a little bit of a step forward this year. Then at San Francisco, Cleveland, Dallas to end the year. I do think that 10 is probably their cap. But I believe in Ron Rivera. I believe in Carson Wentz. And I believe in the young talent that this team has. And look, this division especially, there hasn't been a repeat winner since, what, 2003? I think that Washington surprises a lot of people this year. Look, I will gladly be the only one on this bandwagon. That's fine. If I'm right, great. If I'm wrong, whatever. I can eat my words. That's fine. I believe in the commanders. I believe in Carson once. And I think that they win the division. Dallas Cowboys. Found out this stat. Cowboys haven't made the playoffs in consecutive seasons since 2006, 2007. That's crazy. Like I knew that they were inconsistent. I didn't realize it was it's been that long. So I'm hesitant to give them a playoff spot because they were in the playoffs last year. I love Dak Prescott. I think he's fantastic. Their defense scares the hell out of me. Mike McCarthy scares the hell out of me. The NFC is kind of top heavy though. And it will be open for someone, you know, for a few teams to obviously take those wild card spots. I do think Dallas will be one of them. Yeah, it's great that Trevon Diggs had a million interceptions. He also gave up the most passing yards over the top last season. This defense was either boom or bust. Don't really have a strong pass rush. Like, Micah Parsons is great. But you take Micah Parsons off that defense, they are not good. Not good. So Dallas is 9-8. and eight. And then the Giants, like I said, I think that they take a little bit of a step forward. I, I think I was a little bit high on them, probably a year early on them, having them go 9-8 and eight in my first iteration of this and actually having them as a playoff team. But I do like Brian Dable, bringing in Wink, Mart- Wink Martindale as defensive coordinator for a defense that was good last year. And look, they don't got to have Mike Glennon at quarterback, which is as good as anything could happen. For a team because Mike Glennon's terrible. And Daniel Jones. I'm going to say you're wrong about Daniel Jones. I don't think he's terrible. I don't think he's great. But I think he's kind of in that realm of like the 20 to 23rd best quarterback in the league. He's athletic. He can move. He's got a solid arm. I think that Brian Dable can get the best out of him and just kind of make him diet Josh Allen. So I do think that Jones kind of proves himself this year as the quarterback going forward. And I think that the Giants find themselves in the wild card mix in 2023. The Eagles, on the other hand, look, I think that the Eagles have their best quarterback on the bench. I sent out a tweet comparing the notes for Jalen, for the stats for Jalen Hurts compared to Gardner Minshew, and Gardner Minshew blows him out of the water. Garner Mitchell is the better quarterback. Jalen Hurts is the more athletic quarterback. 
and will make plays with his feet. But in terms of passing, Gardner Minshew is the better quarterback, and it's not particularly close. It's great that you get A.J. Brown. Quite frankly, I don't care that the Eagles got A.J. Brown. That's not to say that he's not good, because he is. But you need a quarterback who can get on the ball. The Raiders got Randy Moss in 2005. That's great. They had Kerry Collins throwing in the ball. And then he was out of Oakland in about a year and a half. And then what happened? Oh, my goodness. They gave Randy Moss Tom Brady, and he broke every record under the sun. Who would have thunk it? Comes back to similar argument with Tyreek Hill and Tua Tungavailoa. Like, I don't believe in Jalen Hurts. I don't believe in Nick Sirianni. And you look at what they did last year, the Philadelphia Eagles. They didn't beat anybody. And they had plenty of chances to. Let me pull up their schedule from 2021. So they beat Atlanta. They lose to San Francisco. They got thwarted by Dallas twice. Give up 40 to the Chiefs. Squeak by the Panthers. Lose to Tampa Bay. Lose to Vegas. Beat Detroit. Lose to the Chargers. Beat Denver. Beat the Saints, who had, you know, Trevor Simeon at quarterback. Lose to the Giants. Beat the Jets. They beat one team with a winning record last year, and that was the Saints. One team with a winning record, and then they get dismantled by the Buccaneers in the playoffs. They beat one team with a winning record, and everybody's trying to give them their flowers. I think not. Look, I like their roster. I like I, Darius Slay's fantastic. They added James Bradbury. Their secondary will be good. Offensively, I I don't see it. And I think that we're going to see a big regression this year for them offensively. I think that Jalen Hurts will get a rude awakening. And then people will start to realize, oh, he's just kind of a poor man's Lamar Jackson, isn't he? But I know that I'm hard on Lamar Jackson. His passing's got much better since his rookie year. It's still not to an elite level. Like a lot of people try to argue that it is. But it's gotten better. He's a hell of a lot better passer than Jalen Hurts is. So that's my my guff with Philly. I know a lot of people are picking them to win the division. I don't see it. Their defense will keep them competitive. And, you know, they were a good rushing team last year, the best rushing team in the NFL last year. But no. I don't I don't see it at all with Philly. Like I said, I like their defense offensively. I'm very much out on Jalen Hurts, and I don't see it whatsoever. NFC North, that might be, you know, some people saying that's too many wins for the Packers. I could listen to that argument. Um, maybe it's just my full-on faith in Aaron Rodgers. So be it. Their defense is still very good, though. And Jair Alexander is fantastic. Good secondary as a whole for the Packers. They do lose to Darius Smith. That is a little bit of a downer, especially because he went to the Vikings. But look, you know, Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers, and I will believe in him until he gives me a reason not to. And I get that not having Devontae Adams isn't nothing. And that, you know, guys like Alan Lazard and Randall Cobb, Christian Watson, they're not just going to be able to replace what he has. Um, but they are a deep receiving core. And defensively, I still believe in them. Like Preston Smith's still there. You know, Sean Gary's proven to be, you know, a solid defensive piece. Amos and Savage at, at safety. So I like what they have. I still think that they're easily one of the contenders in the NFC. So Green Bay will be fine, even without Devontae Adams. I really like the Vikings. I had them at nine nine and eight in a playoff team early on. I give them two more wins. Like I'm really starting to believe. In this O'Connell offense, you know, coming over from the Rams, what Kirk Cousins and Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson and Dalvin Cook can do in it, I'm excited to see it. 
obviously, you know, the thing for them is can their secondary be what it needs to be? You know, they bring over Zadarius Smith to pair with Daniel Hunter. That's great, but they their secondary has been their weakness for the past couple of years. That's a lot of older guys. It's a lot of Harrison Smith and Patrick Peterson. You know, they need some young guys to step up. However, you know, I do think that their defense will be better. I think that Kirk Cousins, Kirk Cousins is going to have a career year this year, which is saying something because he's had a fantastic last five years. So I'm very high in the Vikings. Detroit Lions, 7-10. and 10. Um, This is a team that could have, should have won a couple more games last year that they let slip away against Minnesota, against the Ravens, against the Rams. Like <laughs> they were beating the Rams at one point. Like that was that was a game for a minute. So yeah, I mean they've got more talent. Got Jameson Williams, Aiden Hutchinson. I'm excited to see what comes of the Detroit Lions. Again, not going to be a playoff team, but they'll be a tough out. They're a scrappy team. Like look, they love Dan Campbell. And the fact that they would run through a brick wall for their for their head coach, that is something that is invaluable for a team. So I'm excited to see the Detroit Lions. The Bears are going to be in contention for the number one overall pick. Like I like Justin Fields. They're not doing a lot to help him. I saw somebody tweet that the Bears receiving core looks like the cast of All American, and that made me laugh pretty hard. But it's not far off. Like, this might be the worst receiving core in the NFL. Like, Nikhil Harry, Velas Jones, Byron Pringle. But, like, Pringle is a, is a nice piece. He did well in Kansas City in the role he just filled. But can he be that number one guy or number two guy? We'll see. I, I like Byron Pringle. A little skeptical about Nikhil Harry, but they gave up practically nothing to get him. So I get it. But. This is a, a team that's not doing a lot to help their young quarterback. Hiring a defensive-minded head coach to, to carry him forward. I'm just... Mm, I'm skeptical. Skeptical, to say the least. So I think that they're going to be in contention for the number one overall pick. All right. NFC South, Buccaneers are still going to be great. You know, bringing Kyle Rudolph to try to fill the shoes of Gronk. I think he'll be able to do that and then some. Um... Brady's still playing at the, the top of his game. He led the NFL in touchdown passes at the age of like 74. Godwin's back. Evans is back. Bring in Julio Jones. That'll be, you know, it'll be a solid third piece for the games that he plays in. And they're missing a few pieces defensively. Like, it's not like last year where they returned everybody from a Super Bowl winning team. I mean, they've lost some guys. Sue isn't there anymore. You know, some pieces in the secondary aren't there. So it's gonna be, it's gonna be different. But when you've got Tom Brady and that division, which is terrible, like they're gonna be, they're gonna be just fine. Uh, the New Orleans Saints. A lot of people are really high on the Saints, and I don't know why. Like you guys realize that their head coach quarterback combination is Dennis Allen and Jameis Winston, right? Oh, but Jarrett Jameis Winston threw fourteen touchdowns, and only three interceptions last year. Yeah, no kidding. Look at how well his defense played to set them up constantly on the opponent's side of the field. Jameis Winston didn't have to hardly do any work. Let's calm down on Jameis Winston. And Dennis Allen, his only go as a head coach was terrible with the Raiders. So excuse me if thinking that uh, Dennis Allen's a pretty sharp downgrade from Sean Payton. Everybody's freaking out that they signed Jarvis Landry. Jarvis Landry has been in the league for a decade. He's been you know, in the playoffs twice. Jarvis Landry isn't going to change whether a team's going to be a playoff team or not. Michael Thomas hasn't played in God knows how long. I'm, I'm supposed to be excited about Michael Thomas. Now, I like Alvin Kamara too, but you know he could be facing some sort of league penalty. Defensively, they're not the same anymore. Losing Marcus Williams, that's a big loss. Cam Jordan's getting up there in years. I don't see it at all with the Saints. I think they'll be competitive because their defense is still solid. But offensively, no. I do not see it whatsoever with the New Orleans Saints. 7-10, and ten, that feels like a solid window for them. And then maybe Sean Payton comes back because there's murmurs about him wanting to come back already. 
However, if he does, I doubt it will be with the Saints. There's a reason that he left the Saints. There's probably a few reasons that, that why he left the Saints. One, they're constantly in cap hell and battling the cap every offseason. And two, I think that losing Drew Brees to retirement took some wind out of his sails. So seven and 10 for the Saints. The Panthers, like, look, I want them to be good. I do. Like, I'm a Sam Darnold lover. I, I want him to have nice things. I hope he wins this quarterback competition. But Sam Darnold and or Baker Mayfield aren't going to, to compete in the NFC. Like, DJ Moore is great. Christian McCaffrey's good when he's healthy. And I love the defense that they've built. You know, Hassan Reddick's still there. Brian Burns, J.C. Horn, C.J. Henderson. I like the defense that they've built a lot. That quarterback situation, though, is tough. Would it surprise me necessarily if their defense plays really well like Washington did in 2020 and they carry them to like seven, eight wins? Not necessarily. I think that that could happen. I'm skeptical about Matt Rule, though. I think that this is his final year at the helm of Carolina. So the quarterback situation, the head coach situation in Carolina, it's uh, it's repelling, to say the least. And then the Falcons, like, look, I don't have anybody good. <laughs> like Kyle Pitts and A.J. Terrell, fantastic. Marcus Mariota is your quarterback. God only knows who your running back's going to be. Like, what do the Falcons have? Who are the receivers? Do they draft one? Like, what do they have offensively? Not named Kyle Pitts. What do they have defensively? Not named AJ Terrell. Cordero Patterson will be fun. I mean, he'll still be his, you know, his typical gadget guy. It'll be fun for fantasy. But Kyle Pitts and Cordero Patterson aren't getting you to the playoffs. I don't think they're getting you five wins. I don't think they're getting you three wins. So they got Desmond Ritter. I mean, I really don't know. Like if at some point we will see Desmond Ritter sooner than later. Marcus Mariota is not, it's not the answer for any franchise. And they drafted Ritter. They might as well see what they have in him. And if he's bad, they draft Bryce Young or one of these quarterbacks that are coming out this year. But I think the Falcons will be the team with the number one overall pick. NFC West. I still love the Rams. I think that they'll have the best record in football. I don't think they'll necessarily be the best team. Like I said, I still think that that's reserved for Buffalo. Buffalo has a little bit more daunting of a schedule to me, though. And look. Two easy wins against the Seahawks. I think they'll split with Arizona. Wouldn't it shock me if they beat the 49ers twice? Matthew Stafford's fantastic. They bring in Allen Robinson to put with Cooper Cup and Van Jefferson. Bobby Wagner now in that defense. Like They have elite future Hall of Famers at all three levels defensively. Now, this is a team that could very easily go back to the Super Bowl. Would not shock me if they did. So they're my number one seed, 14-3 and three for the Rams. The Cardinals, I get that DeAndre Hopkins not being there for the first month and a half of the year. That's not going to be fun. However, that's why you have 900 receivers on your roster like the Cardinals do. That's where guys like Rondale Moore should be able to step up. Guys like Hollywood Brown, whom they traded for. A.J. Green last year had some moments. That's why you get guys in deep receiving rooms like this in case DeAndre Hopkins is gone. Kyler Murray's fantastic. He's got a top five arm in the NFL, and he's incredibly mobile, can make plays with his legs. He's a top 10 quarterback in the league to me. Good for him for getting paid. So this is a team, like, look, they've had collapses in two consecutive years. Can they avoid that? That is a big question. That is a fair question. I'm choosing to believe in Kyler Murray and that they can overcome that. The 49ers um, is another one that a lot of people are – yelling at me for 
and I've said this all along, I think that Trey Lance will eventually be better than Jimmy Garoppolo. To say that he is right now is asinine and lacks merit. Do not confuse bad quarterback play for underwhelming quarterback play. Jimmy Garoppolo is underwhelming. He's certainly not a bad quarterback. Trey Lance, very athletic, also very green. And I think we're going to see some hiccups, especially down the stretch. They were a 10-win team last year that started off, I believe, 3-5. and five. People act like they just were dominating teams all year last year. No, they started off very slow, and they got hot at the right time. And they made the playoffs in the final weeks of the year. It's not as if they just waltzed into the playoffs. No, there was a chance week 17 and 18 that they weren't even going to get into the playoffs to begin with. So let's take a step back on the 49ers. I think they'll still be competitive. But for a guy that's only started how many games in the last two years? And last year when he did, it's not like he was very good in them. Trey Lance is very athletic, but also very green, very raw. And I think it'll take a year, a full year, like going into the offseason, knowing that he is the guy. This whole Jimmy Garoppolo situation has been looming over them for the better part of a year. Literally all of last season and all of this offseason, it's been looming over them. So eight and nine for the 49ers. And then the Seahawks, they're going to be bad. <laughs> Anytime you got Drew Locke and or Geno Smith as your quarterback, that's never a great thing. Um, we'll see if they end up bringing in Jimmy Garoppolo. Or if 49ers can't find a trade partner and they ended up cutting him, and end up cutting him, you know, that's a possibility. And that's where the adjustments to the records will be made before the season starts. But yeah. Defensively, like Diggs is good. Adams is Adams is a good football player. He's not a good safety. But when he's playing, you know, weak side linebacker, strong side linebacker, yeah, he's fine. And Metcalf and Lockett are good, but you know, whoever's throwing them the ball, like that's gonna Seahawks are this is, you know, uncharted territory for them over the past decade or so. They've been so used to having Russell Wilson. Um, carry them to you know playoff appearance after playoff appearance. That's not a guarantee anymore. So let me see if I can pull this up as well. There, actually, what I'll do is this. So we'll remove this, and then we'll. See if we can pull up the playoff picture and then dive into that a little bit. All right, so that is up. Let's see if I can pull it up on my screen here. All right, some little inside baseball stuff here as I try to pull that up for you. So give me a second, and then we'll talk about the playoff picture that I have. There we go. So we'll do that. All right. There we go. So this is my playoff picture as it stands. So we'll talk about the NFC first, the Rams being the one seed. Wildcard weekend would look like this. It would be Dallas at Tampa Bay. I think that the Buccaneers would win that. The Cardinals at Green Bay. I think that would be a fun game. I mean, we saw what Packers Cardinals was last year. That was a lot of fun. I think that Green Bay would win in Lambeau. And then Kirk Cousins returning to Washington for a playoff game against the Commanders. Two of my favorite quarterbacks in the game, two of the most disrespected quarterbacks in the game, and Kirk Cousins and Carson Wentz facing off. My heart would want to – I'd be happy with whomever won this. If the Vikings win it, great. If the Commanders win it, fine. I do think that the Vikings, you know what? No, I, I would say that the commanders would win that. And so that would make divisional round weekend commanders at Rams. I think the Rams would win that. And then Buccaneers at Packers 
I'm sorry, Packers at Buccaneers. And I think that Green Bay would win that. Packers seem to be much better on the road in the playoffs than they do at home. And that would set up a NFC Championship game with Packers at Rams. And I think the Packers would beat the Rams. Aaron Rodgers still having Matthew Stafford's number. The Rams have the better roster, but damn it. Aaron Rodgers needs to get back to one of these things. So the Packers coming out of the NFC. And then the AFC wildcard weekend. Ravens at Chargers. Chiefs at Bengals, a rematch of last year's AFC championship game. And then Colts or Broncos at Colts. So I think the Chargers would beat Baltimore. I think that the Chiefs would upend the Bengals and get a little bit of revenge. And then Denver beating Indianapolis, which would set up for the third straight year in the playoffs. But this time in the friendly confines of Buffalo, New York, the Chiefs heading to Buffalo to play the Bills. And I think this is finally the year that the Bills get that thorn out of their side in the playoffs and beat Kansas City, advance to the AFC Championship game. And that would leave Denver at the Los Angeles Chargers for the third time on the year. And I do think that Russell Wilson and Justin Herbert were put on a show. And I do think this feels like Justin Herbert's time. Which would set up an AFC championship game. The polar opposite of the NFC championship game, which is, you know, two old guards you know, Stafford and Rodgers going at it. And then we get two young guns, future of the league, Herbert and Allen for the first time, first of many times. And Allen getting the best of Justin Herbert and the Buffalo Bills heading to the Super Bowl to face Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. And I want that more than anything. <laughs> I really do. So my Super Bowl prediction, the Green Bay Packers taking on the Buffalo Bills and Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills getting their first Super Bowl in team history. So that's where it currently stands for me. So I did have questions that I said that I would get to. I'm a man of my word. So I'll pull those up real quick. Um, get to them in here. And a few of these might have already been answered because I did go game by game for a few teams. Uh, JJ says, does Bill Belichick have the willpower to rebuild New England and win another Super Bowl or is it nearing time where it's time to move on? I don't think Bill Belichick's winning another Super Bowl. I think we've seen kind of the peak of that. So I will say no to that. Then again, I already touched on it a little bit with, with New England. It's not enough there. Like defensively, they're not even good anymore. Matt Judon's great. Outside of that, they're uh, they're old and not very good. On that side of the ball. All right. Uh, Trevor uh, says, seems a little low for Tennessee. Mike Vrabel will coach them to at least nine wins. Indy is good, but their best players are a guard and an off-ball linebacker. Does Matt Ryan make that much of a difference? Like, look, they should have been a 10-win team last year. And again, I get it. Should have, could have, would have. Whatever, that's fine. Uh, but this is a team that was should have beat Tennessee early on in the year. Very close to beating Tampa Bay. Very Should have beaten Baltimore. I let it slip away. So this is a team that could have won, won, you know, 11, 12 games last year. And I think that Carson Wentz and Matt Ryan are kind of interchangeable. Right? Like I like Carson Wentz more than Matt Ryan. Um, Matt Ryan still capable of winning games. So I do think that they'll be a playoff team and I do like them better than Tennessee. Uh, what nine games did the Eagles lose? I can pull up the Eagles schedule again. Because, again, I did this on the uh, the Playoff Predictor app. I didn't save it because I'm an idiot, and my computer was getting very slow because it does that after you do it for a while. But I can pull up the Eagles' schedule, and I can go game by game to answer that question. So Eagles' schedule 2022. So they start off against Detroit. I think that they should win that game. 
Then two Minnesota. I think that they lose that game, so lose to Minnesota at Washington. I would give them the win early on at Washington. And then Jacksonville. I think I actually gave Jacksonville that win. Like, like I said, I like Jacksonville this year. I think that they'll surprise some people. And look, teams are going – no team is going to win every game that they're favored to win. I, Philadelphia will be favored in this, but I, I think Doug Peterson goes into Philadelphia, gets a little bit of a revenge win. So Minnesota, Jacksonville, I think they lose at Arizona and then lose to Dallas. It can split with the Cowboys, so you can say that they'll win that one and lose later on, whatever. Um, lose to Pittsburgh, beat Houston, lose to Washington, lose to Indianapolis, lose to Green Bay, beat Tennessee. I think they'll split with the Giants, so we can say that they'll win that game against the Giants. Beat the Bears, beat Dallas, lose to the Saints, lose to the Giants. That's what I have on Philadelphia. And again, I should have saved the uh, playoff predictor one so I could actually read off what I did. So, But that is roughly what I think that they'll do as an 8-9 and nine season. And then, let me see, what 10 games do the Saints lose? Everybody just really wanting to know. So let me pull up the Saints and pull up their schedule real quick if I can. So the Saints and again, this is me just uh, kind of guessing what I had them at. Uh, I know I had them at seven and ten. This is kind of like me trying to piece together what games I had them losing. So I think they'll beat Atlanta. I think they'll split with Tampa Bay because they just seem to have Tampa Bay's number for whatever reason. Um, I think they'll split with Carolina. I think they'll lose to Minnesota. Beat Seattle, lose to Cincinnati, lose to Arizona, lose to Vegas, lose to Baltimore, lose to Pittsburgh, lose to the Rams. Toss up for the 49ers. Uh, like I said, split with Tampa Bay, split with Atlanta, lose to Cleveland. Uh, toss up for Philadelphia, split with Carolina. Saints have a brutal like stretch from week 6 to 13. Cincinnati, Arizona, Las Vegas, Baltimore, Pittsburgh, Rams, 49ers, Buccaneers. Not easy. Not easy for the for the Saints. And what 10 games do the Cardinals win? Oh, goodness gracious. Let me pull up Arizona's schedule. And then I'll go through Arizona's. And look, you guys can uh, do this too. Um, just Google NFL playoff predictor, and it's got every game for every week. I go team by team to do it. That way I don't kind of get lost in the shuffle and have, you know, this team winning nine in a row or losing nine in a row because the odds of that happening for any team are pretty slim. Okay. Cardinals. I think they'll lose week one to Kansas City. I don't know. I actually had them beating Kansas City week one, if I'm not mistaken, because the Chiefs started off slow last year. Their defense, I think that they beat Kansas City week one. Um, They beat Las Las Vegas week two, lose to Arizona week three, beat Carolina, beat Philadelphia, beat Seattle, um, beat New Orleans, lose to Minnesota, beat Seattle, lose to the Rams, beat San Francisco, lose to the Chargers, I think beat New England, lose to Denver, lose to Tampa Bay, beat Atlanta, and split with San Francisco, split with the Rams. Not an overly difficult schedule for the for the Cardinals, which helps. Don't think I see any more questions in here, so that should take care of all that. But yes, that is 2.0 version of my division predictions. I do one more of these, like I said, the week of the season kicking off. So like the Tuesday before week one after the preseason, there's going to be guys that get injured. That's going to impact a lot of things. This is just kind of how it stands right now. But till then, so next time, at least you can follow me on Twitter at J Bailey NFL. You keep up with all that stuff I do. 
Sports Illustrated, 33rd team, USA Today. Keep up with all the no-note stuff as well. More of that will be coming in the next few weeks. Trying to set up stuff with Ben Raven and Matt Perino, but obviously this time of year is busy for all of us. So we'll try to get that out soon. But again, at NFL on Twitter. And again, follow all the stuff for 33rd Team, Sports Illustrated. It's big stuff coming for 33rd Team. I'm excited about. You can subscribe to the YouTube channel too. If you want to watch the podcast live, you can listen to it wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Believe Network. But wherever you're listening, however you're listening, if you're watching, however you are taking this in, I appreciate you. Thank you so much, as always, for tuning into the Pump Bank. We'll be back soon. Next week's the Hall of Fame game. Football is back. And we're going to be in full swing. So thank you guys for tuning in. This is the Pump Fake. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.